Welcome everybody to Tanked Up, the podcast about video games and beer. It's episode 275. I'm one of your hosts, Ben, here with, and only with, Adol. Hey! Hey, dude, you okay? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm good. a couple beers in, in a change of form, so <laughs> might, might might get a little punchy, but also don't have a lot to say this week because I've been prepping for my upcoming uh, trip back to Canada land. Yes, yes. And which is why I didn't do first looks this week because I just had things and stuff and stuff and no, junk. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That's fair. That's that's how life rolls. That's how out of lives rolls, as well as an entity we all put in when we have the time to do so. And thanks to be honest, I think we need to change our branding. Ah. We I think we to. need to be called out of time due to lives. <laughs> That's very good. It's, yeah. it's, it's very apt description mm. of exactly what we are. Uh, yes, thank you for holding down the fort last week whilst I yeah, was no away for the week as well on holiday, uh, sampling the delights of Cornwall and not actually getting to go to any breweries because they were all closed on the days that we had free to be able to go to places. So we just bummed around some beaches and things instead. Uh, but did sample some beers whilst I was down there, um, which mostly which took with me. <laughs> um, a lot of Dea, uh, a lot of New Bristol as well, a lot of good chemistry uh, um, to load of stuff down. Um, my mum's partner, Dave, who is big into his slightly more traditional British beers, you know, his sort of his bitters and things like that. Mm. Um, very much liked uh, a couple of the... Um, Good chemistry bits that I took down, the names of which have completely escaped me. One's in a yellow can, one's in a bluey can. <laughs> bluey. Look, look for those things. Um, so, yes. Uh, yeah. In the tin, you say? In the tin. In the tin. Because the bluey sounds like the time lapse. It wasn't time lapse. Yeah. I, know, I know it wasn't time lapse. One was a bitter. I think one was an IPA, I think. Was it the white IPA, the white light? No. Or was it like the orangey tin that the Kokomo Weekday comes in? No, it was definitely yellow. I mm. can't remember what it was called. Um, I might be able to find out at some point, but just not right this second. Uh, however, we will drink some beers this evening and chat about some video games. I've got a couple of weeks to, to kind of catch up on. Uh, not that I did much gaming whilst I was away on holiday. Um, I did play one game, which I will start off with, but don't have a huge amount to um, to say about. Mm. But let's open some beers. What are you going to crack into first? Ooh, yeah, um... I just hit the mic with a uh, glass. Uh, so um, I have to confess, I'm a couple beers in because mm-hmm. uh, I was working and rewarded myself with a pint and then stopped working as well and then rewarded myself with another pint for not working. Um, but uh, I'm going to drink. Uh, this is actually a beer I haven't had from Wiper and True. Ooh. It's their Goza mm-hmm. called Right of Way. Right of Way is our contemporary twist on a Goza, the historic German style. Influenced by the traditional beers from Goslar, where naturally salty brewing water brought salinity to the drink, we use sea salt flakes and coriander seeds to create a refreshing wheat beer. Philly sour yeast brings out the tart notes of orchard fruits, which are the hallmark of this style. This acidity... 
contrasts beautifully with a rich, well-blounded. Wow, this acidity contrasts beautifully with a rich, well-balanced malt bill. Whilst over time, wild Brettomyces yeast adds additional soft fruit notes with gentle spice and herbal undertones. And yeah, so it's Lalamond, Philly Sour, Escarpment Labs, and Brettomyces Q yeasts. The hops are only laurel, and the malts are Golden Promise, Munich, and Crystal Wheat. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I was just like, oh, never had a something in those. On really, I don't even think I've had anything in the sort of salty or soury end from Weber and True. So it, it was just like, and if Lucy was here, she would immediately say of course because i literally just went to my corner shop and found this lovely gem that i'd never had before (laughs) perfect perfect as it should be in bristol um sort of sour wise i had a kettle sour from wiper and true years ago now absolutely years ago which was as red as you like um and was beautiful and i think Mm. it was one of those beers that kind of turned it for me so going okay i'm not that much of a fan of sours suddenly had this kettle sour from white and was like no this is this is good uh, i can see you know what they're doing and all of this sort of stuff and that kind of opened up sours for me i think but again that must be like four or five years ago now um, right i mean even lucy may have even been a regular um when that happened as well so mm. however long ago that was who knows um i am going to open up a double ipa uh, from rock leopard who i haven't seen for ages this is how are you now it's eight percent there's a little bit of flavor text uh this is the new england version of the beer we brewed last year how are you on your good days what happened in minneapolis in may 2020 was something that most of us felt shone the light on the need for change in how we treat each other so Compounded by the strange times we find ourselves in, we wanted to ask, how are you doing? How are you now? Um, I think this is brewed at Cloudwater. It is. Um, Rock Leopard um, are kind of in with Cloudwater. I don't know if they're all brewed at Cloudwater or not. Uh, but I haven't seen them for a little while. So when I saw this, I thought, yeah, I will I will grab that. Um, and that very much comes thank you lucy hey lucy's in the chat hey she's not feeling very well that's why she's not joining us this evening um is a nice can very very clean a little bit of text on the back a little bit of information down the side it works very very well um but yes uh, um both um paul from cloudwater and stacy from uh, rock leopard um kind of jumped in a load of beer groups uh, on facebook and otherwise when um they did that um, four-pack into Tesco um, right. when Cloudwater wanted to showcase a cover, you know, four other breweries, uh, Rock Leopard being one of them. Um, and um, they, they, they jumped in the, in the chats in loads of Facebook groups and stuff and really kind of tried to answer people's questions and kind of get on top of things and actually sort of stand up for themselves as well it wasn't just placate 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 it was no 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 no. this is this is what we're doing this is what we wanted to do this is how we see it and as soon as i saw rock clap i was like yeah i very much appreciate um the stance that they took on that and i've had a couple of beers from before and they've been good so i picked this one up nice crack it and see uh adel will come back to you for the wiper and true yeah, so this goes. Uh, I didn't say before, but it's um, I missed. Uh, it's four point five percent and mm. eleven 
our views and I've got batch one. Um, and even even while I was pouring it, I got that fruity, slightly yeasty, um, like like slightly tart yeasty um, nose. But like coming close, it is. It feels like 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 do you have, like a crab apple, like a like a sour apple, oh. mm-hmm. like just lightly because like the the fruit is just there's a sweetness, so it feels appley. But then you get hit by the bread, I think off the nose uh and and it's it, it gives it a bit more of a sour uh nose and they mm-hmm. they work really well together those two notes almost nothing else though like it really does smell kind of sweet apple with some tart undertones um it's quite effervescent sorry my camera's doing a weird thing uh you can see the bubbles coming kind of flying up uh, it poured with reasonably he- reasonable head. I mean, I was doing the thing where I'm holding it in an awkward angle for the mm-hmm. camera, and so it got a little headier than I think I normally would pour. That's my mea culpa. Uh, but like you can see, it's already gone down um, quite a bit. It's like you know a, a couple of milliliters of head, uh, and you can see uh, if you, all those watching, you can see like it's just on the rim. It's a really light um, beer in that way. Mm. Uh, Oh, oh! I was about to say that nose gave a lot of it away. It starts sweet and appley again with that bread, with that tartness pulling it. Um, um, but also it's got a. Almost a grapiness to it as well. Okay. Um, so it like had this like moment where I said, "Oh," was like this moment in between the sort of appley, slightly tart, but mostly sweet start to uh, um, the sort of main taste or to the finish. In the middle, there's just this like sparkling wine moment where oh. it like tasted a lot more a little grapey and had that tartness and that effervescence and it's like oh it finishes real in real interesting mm. um the it's those salt flakes i think because it's feeling dry in my mouth but like i'm not actually my tongue isn't like i'm not actually dry but it's got this really dried out feeling um Again, it's like, yeah, and I think that's what's giving me that sparkling wine sense. Like, you know, I've had like a Prosecco. It's got that like um, slightly dry, mildly bitter. Yeah, like that dried out, mild, like the sweetness of the wine has disappeared and you've got that aftertaste of like a sparkling wine. That's what's going on here, Um, which is really interesting. Almost all the sweetness is it's so front loaded on the sweetness that appley sweetness and then it's just like no no i'm gonna leave you dry and a bit and like actually salty like that's it is salty but i wouldn't have noticed because the salt is doing what salt normally does which is like enhancing other flavors and kind of hiding with it yeah um but this is definitely the salt is the thing that's leaving it kind of flattening everything down um do you think that's been added both because of the style but also to balance it all out to not make it go just absolutely kind of in your face too yeah much. i wouldn't i wouldn't be so normally you add salt to enhance things mm. but i actually think this salt is like 
helping curb the tartness. Yeah. Like it's fighting against it. Um, but it is why, like, so you know when you have sparkling water, uh, like if you buy, if you just have like soda water from a bar, it's just like bubbled water. Mm-hmm. But if you have something like um, San Pellegrino or, or Perrier is a good example, right? It has, they have those mineral content, yep. which is mostly salts. And it gives you that, like that aftertaste that kind of gives you like a, a bit of a dried out feeling. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the kind of dried out saltiness I'm saying. It's like, okay. it's like, it's like a minerally saltiness. And I think it's just cause that's lingering after it's doing other things. Yeah. It's super interesting. Um, I'm not surprised that it's a non-in-your-face Goza, but I am surprised it's doing a very non-Goza thing. Like, these salt flakes are... Yeah, again, so I want to take that extra sip because the initial taste and the mid is so much like, ah, this is a nuanced, like, stayed Goza. But then I hit the aftertaste, and it's this, like... Prosecco-y, mineral watery-y, like, aftertaste, and it's very strange. But again, because it's Wiper and True, it's not like, oh my god, that's all I'm tasting, because of course Wiper and True, almost everything is, like, scaled down, and the taste is distinct, but not, like, in your face. And I think mm-hmm. that's what's going on here with that, um, with that saltiness. Um, I am... Mildly di- disappointed that the sort of herbal spiciness, it doesn't linger. It kind of just comes okay. in with that apple with that, like, that beginning taste is kind of, like, fruity, and it's got that, yeah, that spicy, uh, like, like the, I think the, the tin said something about coriander, like, the, I can taste that herbally spicy bits, but it's still quite trumped by... Or maybe it's just like well, like melded with the appley taste, but then they all of that kind of disappears. Mm, okay. Like I was kind of hoping that some of that herbal uh, coriander stuff would linger, and actually that's why I think I'm kind of shocked because it it does taste kind of like all I'm getting. It like it's so clean an aftertaste that it feels like I've had like a Perrier, like which is just like oh yes, the salty minerally taste. Interesting. Mm. Um, but maybe that'll fade once I've got used to it. Maybe I'll notice something more in there. But it's it's a very interesting beer. Um, it's definitely like this is definitely a sour you can give to someone who's like sour beer because again it's wiper and true. It's really like they're not hitting the pedal on the sour, but it is interesting. It is. Um, but yeah, I yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna try and tune back in near the end of this pint just to see how this finish changes mm-hmm. when I've sort of gotten used to it. Perfect. Okay, cool. Nice. Good. Uh, the Rock Leopard then. Brut Clabois. It's very nice. I'll just start off by saying I've had a sip. It's very nice. Um, you can see it's very full in colour. Lovely mm. orange uh, tinge to it. Again, quite carbonated, but the head disappeared quite quickly. It has this sweetness on the nose, which is just sort of... I definitely got it more in the taste. It's very bubblegummy in the taste. Um, but on the nose, you don't quite get that bubblegummy. It's just sort of this fruity mm. sweetness to it. But in the flavour, it's this kind of big mix of, of stuff kind of going on. So 
there is this underlying kind of bubblegummy sweetness, but it's also pulling me the other way. So um, when we talked about, I think it was a day of beer several weeks back now, uh, and another beer I had that have that kind of earthy tone to them. So they've got a little bit of that sweet fruit, a little bit of that sort of stone fruit, but then they have that earthiness to them, a little bit of a kind of a grassy note in there. And this definitely pulls, mm. kind of tries to pull both ways. And I think it does it well enough that the sweetness is sort of hidden. Mm. Hidden well enough that you can kind of think, I can, I'm looking for it. I can just pick this out. But I think it's bringing everything else down. It's not one of these big kind of um, vegetable kind of flavory sort of really earthy and uh, um, kind of a little bit sort of like stewed fruit kind of thing. It's pulled back from that a little bit. So you get a few hints of that, but you also get this little bit of sweetness to it as well. And it doesn't stick around very long. So mm. I, I find a lot of the time with these kind of more earthy, stewed kind of beers, is that flavor lingers and lingers and lingers. And you want that kind of initial hit, you know, when you have that little bit of sweetness in some of these beers at that first sort of thing, you're going back to it to get that sweetness again. You don't want that kind of earthiness to sit and sit and sit. And this actually fades quite quickly, but that's almost welcome. And that I'm thinking it's a nice balance of these flavors. I'll go back to it. Actually, oh, it's, it's gone from my palate. Perfect. I, I will go back to it. So whilst it's sort of telling me to kind of go back to it, it's also inviting me to go back to it with how quickly it's it's fading as well. It's definitely interesting as well that I wouldn't put this at all at 8%. It's, it's, it's quite thin. Mm. It's definitely light in body, uh, and the flavors aren't big. They're very, very light. So yes, there is that bubblegum sweetness. Yes, there is that slightly more earthy, uh, um, sort of stewed fruits, almost that kind of salady vegetable kind of end of things. But they're very light. They fade very quickly, and uh, I, I think that balances things out pretty, pretty well. Um, dangerously so with it being eight percent. And, you know, if someone had said this is a slightly hopped up pale, mm. you know, four and a half percent and it's just a bit bigger in flavor, I'd have gone, yeah, I can see that. Easy. Um, so, yeah, they, they did very well at making a big beer, but making it feel very light. It's very refreshing. It's very fresh. Perfect for right now where it's miserable outside, but it's also incredibly hot. <laughs> I'm like, I've been baking all day. It's not even that hot. I don't know. I've just been baking all day, sat in my little office working, and this is kind of cutting through all of that. It's nice and refreshing. Mm. It's cooling me down, but it's also big enough of a flavor that it feels like a light beer just with something else. Uh, knowing it's 8% now means I will sip it rather than chug it as I yeah. feel like I should be doing because of the qualities that it has. So, yeah, I like this. Mm, I mean, I mean... We're notoriously big fans of uh, high ABV. That doesn't feel like it. Um, yes, but yeah, it's good to know that you um, that it punches under its weight, so to speak. Mm. Sometimes yeah. it's nice. It's nice to have, obviously, not just to get smashed, but like it's nice to have a beer that can 
do the thing. It's much harder, I think. Well, it, it's just hard to cheat the ABV in either direction, right? Like, so it is. this is a stronger, more boisterous beer that's not being boisterous, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not the AB, everything else about it isn't being boisterous. So the you know the eight percent, the double session strength, if you will, is is not what defines the beer. That's really interesting. I'm, I'm curious how how you'll feel again, like kind of like mine by the end, just because mm. it's doing. There is a balancing act, and and if as your palate like gets used to some of the bits, like you know the just like the the sweet, a little sweetness from the alcohol, the thickness from the alcohol, or like I'm wondering if that'll come through later on. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm already halfway through the tin easily. Um, so there's I said uh, I, I okay. Will, I said I will sip it. Uh, I'll slow down a little bit now, but I'm probably going to be chatting for you know a little bit of time now to to, yeah, to yeah. run through. I've got like. Five, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five games to chat this week that I've sort of dipped into um, over the past two, right? Because yes, you were away. it, it yeah. is over the past two weeks. So the the first one I'll talk about is um, the Witcher Monster Slayer, which is a new game set in the Witcher universe. But it's a mobile gacha game. I was like, it, this screams mobile game to me. Yes, yes. Uh, I thought, perfect. It released whilst I was on holiday. I thought, great. I'll, I'll check it out. I'll see kind of how it is. You know, I, I, I've talked about Pokemon Go a lot and how I enjoyed that. And I was kind of reflecting a little bit earlier on why I enjoyed Pokemon Go so much. And I think it was mm. more the time that it came out. And that yeah, is why... You- I haven't yeah. got into Witcher so much. So, yeah. So, can you just... I mean, it sounds like it's Pokemon Go-esque? Like, is it? Is Ish. it one of those... So... You need to be out in the world? Yes. Yes, you do. One of the things I liked about Pokemon Go was my daughter had just been born. I was taking a lot of walks. Um, so, I'm not doing that anywhere near as much at the moment. Um, yeah. So, even on, on holiday... I wasn't getting my phone out whilst we were wandering around or going to the beach and stuff. I was enjoying my holiday, strange yeah. enough. It was actually the moments that I'm like, I'll sit around for five minutes. Like we just put just put Evelyn down for a sleep. We're all about to kind of get together again and, and play some games and stuff. I'll sit here for five minutes and, and play. And what it does is essentially like Pokemon, which kind of shows you things on the map that puts in front of you. Mm. This does the same, and it puts monsters up on the screen. So you walk to within a radius of said monster, and you click on it, and then you get to fight it. So unlike Pokemon Go, where you're kind of just throwing balls and not doing huge amounts, in this you're actually having a little bit of strategy to fighting these monsters. Mm. So there's not a huge amount. There's a little bit. Some of the monsters like fast attacks. No, they don't like them. They dislike fast attacks, let's say. So you're swiping across your screen quite quickly. Some of the noise strong attacks, in which you have to leave about a second between your stripe swipes to do a strong attack. Um, that mm. will essentially, whichever one they are, are kind of, whichever is signified will do you know, a little bit more kind of damage about it. But it leans into the Witcher universe by you being a Witcher and it's saying you can apply oils to your swords um mm. you can you can take potions for yourself so you know you, you take a potion that might up your melee damage by 33 percent. you add an oil 
the, the right oil for the enemy that you're fighting, you know, the type that it is, that might up the damage by 100%. So it, it kind of tries to lean into the Witcher universe whilst right. still giving you this fairly simple kind of play. But if you're not out walking mm. and you're not out exploring, you're not going to get much from this at all. Um, there's a, there, there is an RPG system in here as well. You get skill points. So if you kill three necrophages or you kill three wyverns or you kill three something else, bog hags or whatever, you will mm. get a skill point. Once you kill three of them, that then jumps up to you have to kill 50 of them. Um, to get the next skill point. But out of the common enemies, there are about 60 different types. So there's potentially 60 easy kind of skill points. Um, right. There's then... If you can find them. Exactly. If you can find them. Uh, there's then... Uh, I can't remember exactly what it is. There's, there's common, uncommon, and rare, let's say. I can't remember what the three different things are. Uh, but also that that jumps up in difficulty as well. And I found that going for that middle difficulty when there's a little skull above them is actually really hard you have to mm. really concentrate and that's not something i can see m many people doing whilst they're out wandering around unless you are right. walking specifically around to play this game you just going down to the shop and thinking oh, i'll just bop up you know monster slayer uh, yeah and kill a few sort of things you're only going to go for those easy kills it takes you 30 seconds you bop out and right. you kind of you keep on your way to the shop um, if you want to go out and slay these kinds of things these bigger harder monsters then you're going out to play this game um, I don't think the Witcher has quite as big a base or appeal as Pokemon does well also so, just by its nature like even if it does it's not it doesn't have that appeal based on the uniqueness of monsters in the setting right like Pokemon is literally defined as gotta catch them all and having hundreds of different unique things that you want that play differently and you mm -hmm. want to and it sounds like this is like sure there are other ones but like the the enemy types have never been the defining characteristic of the Witcher so then it's like okay so why would I care but then also it's the, then you get grindy really easily if you're not if, if you don't get the variety, but also you don't crave the variety, mm. right? Then that's a one-two punch of grind, right? Yes, completely. And of course, there's that monetization in there as well, where you can spend money to buy coins, and coins can then be spent on, say, increasing your radius, so you can fight things in double the radius. So if you're just walking down a main road, and there might be things in kind of side roads a bit further off, pay some money, increase your radius, and you can hit all of those as well. Or, you know, there's these kinds of things that they're mm. kind of adding to this, which make me feel a little bit not kind of, not icky. Like, I, I get it. It's fine. Stick those monetization things in for people who want them. But it kind of feels like my radius could have just been this big. Yeah, I, I think that's fine. I think I think we don't have to, we don't have to be like, oh, it's okay because some people like micro microtransactions or artificial limitations. No, th these are predatory mechanics and yes, they are, like, not all predatory mechanics are the most predatory and yes. some of them are, like, just how you make your money as a game, but that doesn't change the fact that they're predatory and that they're artificially 
restricting gameplay in certain ways so that someone will pay money. Yes, yes. Do well, I think they're all morally wrong? It depends on the day, right? But, like, I also get that, like, if it's a free-to-play game, there has to be some income stream. Mm-hmm. And, like, but well, if you're saying, like, within a couple hours you're already noticing it, then I'm going to say it's probably closer to the predatory mm-hmm. or where I just mean, like, it's obvious that you want people to pay money for it. I, like, I'm not saying it in the sense of, like, they're definitely going to hoodwink some people because of weird, like, psychological... Like, it's just a simple psychology of, oh, you're making it very clear that if I just give you money, everything I do is going to have a water footprint and then be better. Still predatory. It doesn't have to be super weird. It doesn't have to be, mm-hmm. like dodging what is and isn't a loot box and exploiting psychology for magic no like sound the right sounds and and like the shuffling occurrences it's just still predatory because what you're trying to do is get people to pay money and you're showing them the value that way completely and i'd be very interested to see what this game was like as a kind of concept because i think the um the developers called something like spoken Double K, maybe something like that, mm. uh, but they were independent. CD Projekt ah. went and bought them, mm. or or mm-hmm. maybe I think they did buy them. But they went to CD Projekt and said, "We've got this really cool idea for a game. We'd love to be able to do it. Only you 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 hold the license for The Witcher in terms of games, right? Is this something that we can kind of do? And I think they were allowed to, and then CD Projekt bought them, so. I'd be interested to see where a lot of these decisions have kind of come from. What what was the base game? What was going to be kind of done? And then how that has changed since it's been then kind of ratified and even then owned possibly by CD Projekt as well. But it's, it's something which I might dip into again when I'm doing the school run. When we're walking around right. to school, um, you know, it's a good 15 minute walk back. So I'll take a 15 minute walk, you know, play that on my way. Don't really kind of lean. Ah, I was going to, I said, I'm surprised. I, I was going to ask if you, given that you have a moment where you could get one of these games back on, I'm surprised that you were like, oh, I'll give this another go versus go back to tried and true and just. Pokemon Go it. I mean, again. I'm I'm done with Pokemon Go. I don't I don't know any of the new Pokemon. I've got no idea what they are. Some of them are fucking stupid. I, I mean, they're all fucking stupid. I mean, yeah, they're that's true. They're all fucking stupid. Um, they have one word vocabularies. So they're literally stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but that's hang on. Would you call Groot stupid? He's got a one word vocab. No, he's got yes. a one word vocabulary. He has a three word vocabulary. Yeah, he has three words. Three words. So he, Groot is three Pokemon stapled together. That's how smart he is. <laughs> I don't know what which three Pokemon, but I'm sure someone out there will oh, work some, that someone out. Yeah, absolutely, knows. that's been done. Someone uh, has literally yeah. written the threesome fanfic that has explicit ways on how these Pokemon's created the Groot oh, via yeah. interactions it's physically. Probably, it's probably on Polygon or Medium or something like that. Someone's yeah. put that together. Um, but, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm done with Pokemon. I mean, I don't know what any of the new ones are. I I just ran out of steam with it. And Evelyn did as well. She was like, let's play Pokemon. I'm like, cool, we're going for a walk. Oh. We'll do that. And then she just stopped asking to play. I'm like, cool, that's the sign yeah, that we're done fair. with this. 
I don't need to, to, yeah. to play anymore. So, uh, if I, a child is bored of your children's game, yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so, the, so the Witcher I, kind I did, of gives me a little bit more. You know, it's a little bit more mm. involved. There's a little bit more strategy to kind of consider with it. Um, so that's really interesting because I just brought up uh, some of the reviews on Google Play, mm. uh, and one from August third uh, from Eric Keating. I'm just going to read it because I think. I want to hear your opinion on that. Mm-hmm. So it's review round rub, and it's um, this game could not be more dull. Mm. Every monster has the same damage, the same attack pattern, the same health. You could program a computer to play this game. I live in the countryside, and quests spawn more than thirty minutes away because it judges distance in a circle, not by how long it is by road. You need to go out for hours to make any progress in the game. Way too much work. Twenty minutes in one direction then 20 minutes in the other just to complete the tutorial which you can't do below level 10 so i mean the second half of that is just like oh you've definitely coded this for urban environments probably absolutely yeah definitely yeah Uh, but the first half um i was kind of curious about because it basically just said so it's actually just just the reason why i wanted to read this was for the second line Every monster has the same damage, the same attack pattern, and the same health. Has that changed? Because this was August 3rd, I don't, and it's no, now the 5th. It's it can't not, have it, been... It's not something I picked up on. The The monsters have, from the ones that I've encountered, have varying attack patterns. Some of them will um, ha, um, kind of do double attacks. So you mm. can parry. Uh, you, can, you can come up and guard with your sword. And right. if you, obviously, if you let it down, and they come in with a second attack straight away... But if you get the same enemy again, yes, it has the same attacks. I mean, that's every game in mm. existence, right? Yeah, but they're saying um, all of them have the same I attacks. I disagree with that. And I don't know, again, mm. whether it has changed. You know, some of them actually um, will kind of... yeah. You get this little icon up above them, which tells mm. you when they're going to attack. So you have a little bit of preparation time to be able to, to kind of block. But I don't think all of them had exactly the same amount of time associated with when that appeared and when they would attack some right. of them do bigger attacks as well so some of the enemies so a harpy for instance will do a double attack and the the, the sign will show up and they'll do it pretty quickly they also do a drop kick harpy can fly yeah. goes up does a little drop kick right and that actually takes a little bit longer so you've got a little bit more time to prepare um, and I, again, I don't know whether the two attacks do the same amount of damage as the one big attack. I don't know whether that is kind of a how they're rotated round. Um, but I didn't feel like the enemies had the same amount of health. I didn't feel that they did the same mm. kind of damage. Um, with them being kind of tiered, yes, I can see that enemies, common enemies, will do between X and X amount of damage per hit. Mm. Um, the next level up will do between Y and X amount of damage kind of per hit. So I can see that they would stage these things, um, mm-hmm. but they definitely had varied attack patterns, and I, I, I can't tell you on the health that they had at all, because I didn't really pick up on that. Um, I probably killed about 100 enemies. I would say mm. something like that. That's a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a reasonable amount. Um, I definitely agree on the um, the distance that they've used for the quests. 
Um, and it's one of those like, I'm never going, why would I ever walk down this random way right. towards nothingness? Um, so yeah, it, it does feel like it's been done for urban areas rather than kind of in the countryside. Absolutely. Um, yes. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's yeah. another one of these games. It's another one of these kind of walk around yeah. and do stuff games. If you've got 20 minutes, half an hour to wander around the streets and you're not out looking for drugs, play this. Sure. I mean, I mean, even if you're out looking for drugs, play this. Yeah. It will pass 30 minutes of time. So, um, and I think I would pick this now over Pokemon Go. And it'd be yeah, interesting so to what... see how it develops as well. Because Pokemon, it was just this. Catch the Pokemon. This game, I think, could add bits, add layers and, and, and stuff, um, you know, and, and delve a bit more into kind of like how the Witcher is. Yeah, I mean, this is, it's it's odd, right? Um, that that this reviewer, and I wonder if it's just, be, I think it sounds like it, from what you've described that it's just a fault of they didn't design it well for rural, and so maybe this person just kept getting the same shitty spawns and yeah, thought the whole it, game was absolutely. that. Absolutely, it may be they're getting the same five spawns every single time. Um, whereas you come back to like as soon as I came back to Bristol, I'm like, oh, I've never seen this enemy before. Oh, cool, there's another one yeah. of these. And, and so yes, yeah, yeah. So that's why I wanted to read that that mm. review because it seemed to be going against yeah. what you were saying. Um, I mean, that sounds interesting. I try. I mean, I tried Pokemon Go for back in Halifax for all of an evening, uh, and then I tried. I think I was in the open beta, or I don't remember. It was like not quite released for the Harry Potter one, and it oh yes, really, it really didn't work for me. Uh, and this comes out. I didn't even know it came out. Uh, I have less attachment to The Witcher than you, mm-hmm. you, um, and Lucy and Lauren. We all we say Witcher, we have to say Lauren. Um, and Adam, do and Adam, and Adam. Yeah, it's fair. As soon as I said, I'm like, oh yeah, Adam's gonna like point out that yeah, look. Our regular guests are Witcher fans, is what I'm saying. Uh, but, like, I don't have that attachment. Um, but also, I think I just don't like this idea of a game. Sure. Like, like if there was some sort of weird Final Fantasy amalgam, I'm just thinking, like, what is the universe that I would be like, ah, yes, of course, that one. And it was like, walk around to gather materia and crystals and summons like yeah you, you know if you if you go to like wills memorial in bristol you can get knights of the round i still probably wouldn't mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> i know let's face it i would uh for knights of the round but that's just because knights of the round is notoriously difficult to get um but yeah like i, I just don't that is just like a i get like i get why people like it it just that does nothing for me like i don't find the AR wandering the world genre mm-hmm. like appealing at all. Oh, I didn't turn the and AR And it's weird because I love walking, but I think the key is like, I love walking so it's my main way of getting from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wander, but then when I'm wandering I've got my camera and I just want to like sure. go wherever. And and, and, but look, to be l- and look at places. Yeah. yeah. But like I don't want to be like, oh, to get from point A to point B, I go this way. But also, if I just like make it suboptimal, then I can fight a Charman Bard or whatever we're gonna call these mm-hmm. things that are in all these. Like, I, I just don't like. It's not a thing. Like, when I'm walking, it's def- it's like if it's a wanderer, then I want to ha- not like I want to be untethered. And if I'm walking, I want to just get to a place. Yeah, that's fair. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Um, so we'll see. I mean, yeah. I may come back to it September, October time when I'm doing the school run or something like that. But we'll we'll, we'll report back on that. Um, I feel like I should just mention. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna roll into all of these games that I've played. Right. Um, some of them I've picked up and put down quite quickly. Uh, two of which um, I played through Game Pass. Uh, Lucy sat in the chat. I don't know whether you've played either of these, um, but I played um, Raji, which is full mm. title is Raji, an, en- an ancient epic, um, made by Nodding Heads and published by Super.com. Um, it's on Game Pass. It's not quite a third person action game. It's more like those. Um, it's not quite isometric either. Mm. Uh, yeah, Lucy, she says she started Raj. It seems neat. I'm going to counter that and say I really didn't like it. Um, the, the Aesthetically, the story, yep, I'm well up for that. Yeah, controls are super stiff, super slow. The combat is sluggish, um, especially when it's mm. like, here are a few kind of puzzle, platformy kind of puzzles that you should do. And it's like, here's combat, here's combat, here's combat, here's combat, here's combat. I'm like, ah, you've not given me enough in terms of fluidity in combat to throw me mm. in this much. Um, but it's a game uh, I'm telling you kind of um, and set in uh, India. So telling you tales I about gods and deities so. and, and things like that. So really interested. And it's another one of those games that I'd love to just watch a few little bits on YouTube for just to get a little bit more information about what mm. the story is and kind of all of these extra bits and all of these little kind of, um, I mean, I don't know what they're um, called in India, but kind of like these fable type things, you know, these these mini yeah. kind of stories myths. about these deities and the myths and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but for me, I probably played it for, it is definitely a Game Pass game, as Lucy says. Um, I played it for maybe mm. an hour, maybe a little bit more. Um, but yeah. Don't think I'll pick that one back up. Um, and similarly, very, very different game, but similarly, I started Last Stop, which is from Variable oh. State and Annapurna. Um, again, did another- Lucy talk about that last week? Oh, did she? Oh, I've, I've only listened to last week's episode up to where Adam stops talking about Samurai Warriors 5. Ah, yes, Lucy talked about it, okay. but that's fine. Uh, I now I'm super curious what your thoughts are. Mm. And, um, and I also I remember what Lucy did talk about, but now I'm, yeah, so this will be interesting. Okay, okay. Uh, don't censor yourself. Don't feel like like no, I'll let you know so. if if you're just repeating things. Uh, just say your thing. Okay. Uh, again, it's probably another game I've played for. It might not even be an hour. I've done the opening bit and I've done the first pick of. The um, there's three characters sat on the tube, and I picked one of them and I played that through, and it wasn't strong enough in what I had to do to keep me engaged. Like there was there was a story which seemed interesting. There were some decisions to make which didn't relate to the the, the dialogue that was spoken. Didn't quite relate to the choice that I had in front of me, which was slightly annoying you know they'd say something 
very different. You think that could be taken in a completely different way for the choice that I'd made. Right. Um, but the characters are fucking stupid. It's one of these, like, you know, horror movie kind of things. Like, don't do that, you fucking idiots. And they do it anyway. You're like, brilliant. Okay, mm. we'll just we'll just roll with it. That's fine. And it kind of had these needless elements in it. So I, I can't remember the, the girl's character. But I played the kind of young black schoolgirl and her story through first. And she goes and meets her friends. And then it's like they just just suck some gas because they're bored. And then part of the game is you've got the gas canisters and you just got to throw it at stuff around. It suddenly goes into this first person view and you're looking around and you've got to throw these canisters at stuff. And like, I've got one left. I'm looking all around everywhere. I can't find it. This is, this is boring. I don't know why I'm kind of sat doing this. Um, so it didn't, it didn't hold my attention. Um, like I say, the story is interesting. Like Raji but the gameplay doesn't compel me enough to get between those points. I mean, Lucy's in the chat, but she she can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what she said, if I recall correctly, was basically this is a um, non-agency game. Like, this mm. is a on-rails, like, like, the things you do don't really affect things. It's much more like uh, one of those games where you travel through a story rather than you influence a story. Okay. Okay. And so it sounds like the that moment you got frustrated with is because it was like pretending like it had gameplay when like the point of the game isn't. Yes. Like one of those someone said we need to have a a dynamic moment like it, like the way you described that success given that I know that it this game is kind of just like in a sense like in the same notion as a visual novel, right? You're just like getting through the game. Um, Absolutely. Yep. And then, but then it's someone, some studio exec was like, well, you got to have some gameplay. And then they just shoved some gas canister throwing around. Mm -hmm. That's because I knew this back thing. As soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, that sounds like a thing someone shoved into a game that doesn't need it. And I could see how that's frustrating because all that does is prime you to think that gameplay matters. And then even if you get through and like you throw that last gas, you find that last spot. First of all, you're not like ready to do that thing because the game hasn't prepared you. Yep. But if you do, and then you go back onto the on rail stuff. It's just like it's a feel bad on both ends of it because it's like, oh, I wasn't expecting to do. I thought this wasn't the super gameplay game. Oh, now it's gameplay, and the game gameplay is kind of frustrating. Oh, now there's no more gameplay. What the fuck was the point of that thing that was frustrating to me? Yeah, and, and as Lucy says in the chat, I think I enjoyed it because I didn't care about having any agency. Just wanted something shoved in my face with a little effort. Choices mean absolutely nothing, and I can see why that would be frustrating. That's exactly how I feel exactly how I feel about it and that would be fine if it presents itself as this on rails story as a visual novel to throw it through but it the way it kind of presents itself is you have these choices it throws up choices straight away for you you're like cool I'm making choices sure um, how is this going to impact this you know we, we, we have this language this vernacular now about certain kinds of games that this feels very much like you know all of these telltale games and stuff like that where stuff does have a little bit of an impact occasionally on some of those big choices. So, and, and, and this is something we've talked about as well at length, about how I at least want more of that. I want more mm. of these kinds of things where I'm making a choice and it has some kind of impact. You know, I, I'd love it if a game has five endings and, and it's only two hours long. You know, like something like Erica, 
um, mm. which was that yeah. FMV game, which I, I hadn't seen half of that game because of the choices mm. that I made. Brilliant. I'm going to play through that game again. Maybe. Um, but I was waiting the, the for that. option is there for me to play it through again. And I feel like with this, I'll play it through and that's it. It's done. So the 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 thing I hit with the multiple choice endings games, um, like we all know, I'm a horrible completionist, and, and like it's a thing I've like has stopped me from playing games in a way that I've enjoyed in the past. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the corners I've turned in recent years is realized that what I want is these games where your choices matter and you'll get an ending. And what I realized is that I don't care if I ever see more than one ending. But I want the game to give me an ending that is influenced by me. Yes. What I don't need to do is see the other two sure. thirds of Erica, yeah, yeah, for yeah. example. Yeah. Right? Like that's fine. Like I I don't want to play the game seven times and get bored and be like, ah, oh, now this cutscene led to a slightly different cutscene. Or like, oh wow, it was super different. Mm-hmm. I actually don't care if the endings are like that much different. I care about like feeling like I'm playing Absolutely. Like, on these these like less dynamic gameplay games being like oh i made this choice this is what we get cool but like it doesn't mean that i want to play all the things and so like it and that's like that was so freeing a realization it's like oh i want to play a game and in these types of games where all you can do is make choices i care that the ending is influenced by my decisions even if i never see the other end yes right because i want to see the impact of my choices yeah, I, I completely yeah. agree. I'm in, in exactly the same position. Um, just to finish, I think I'll just confirm what Lucy said. I don't know whether she said this on the episode last week, but she said it feels like a student project that would be aired on E4 for young adults, teenagers, very British. Yes, absolutely that. It is an E4 video game, completely. Netflix are going into video games you know, all of these big production houses are going to be offering subscription services in the future and going into video games. This is E4, the video game. Absolutely. It's like skins or something like that. You know, it's that kind yeah. of level of game. And that's only with right. me having played that one story. There's two other characters. And I think once I've played both of their chapters, it then jumps me into, you know, the next section. And I can play another chapter in each of those characters kind of thing and see the story going through. So, um, I'd much much rather have it been like, hey, here's the character, just play the whole thing through for that character. And then if you want to, you can pick that character and play the whole thing through for that character, rather than being like, do this, do this, do this, now do this, do this, do this, now do this, do this, do this, right. which is what I feel like it's going to happen. Oh, no, Lucy. The character the character I played is definitely the worst. Uh, well, they gave me the choice. I, I, yeah. I could pick it. If they didn't want it, um, I think you'd like the oh. middle-aged dad one. Thanks. Brilliant. That makes me feel fucking excellent. Um, I mean, uh, I may do. I may. But, but, I mean, don't give me that sense of choice. If you're, if it's going to be an on-rails sort of vision novel, just be like, here is chapter one. Give me the, this, dr- which is this character. Here is chapter two, a completely different character. And I'll go, oh, interesting. They're throwing in another character. Cool. Chapter three, here is the next character. Brilliant. Great. And then roll me through like that. Absolutely. I think the presentation versus the gameplay doesn't sync up. Should we open some more beers? Yeah, let's do it. Since I've been insulted by Lucy. Um, oh, come on. She said he's Just my doppelganger. She said he was your doppelganger. I mean, he definitely yeah. ain't, is he? I mean, he's at least 45. 
Yeah, you're out there yet. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Um, right, what are you drinking next, Adam? Uh, I've got uh, so Siren, uh, or a bit have a set of anniversary beers, but I don't know what the anniversary is for. Uh, and I've got this lovely Siren. I don't know if you can see the art. That's it's lovely. Real cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Bones of a Sailor Imperial Porter. It was rainy, and I was like, yes, Imperial Porter, but also 9%. Um, so we'll see how punchy I get by the end. Perfect. Uh, an anniversary of revival pieced together from fragments of a legendary brew sheet of old. Bones of a Sailor is robust with alcohol, rich with chocolatey malts, and spicy with rye. Um, yeah, so water, malted barley, rye, wheat, hops, yeast. Cool. Uh, Siren doesn't give us the hops or whatever. Uh, there is also a competition time. Peel back the label for more information, which I will do after I pour oh. it. Uh, but yeah, so it's 9% and a um, 440 mil can Imperial Porter. Nice, nice. They did, again, I don't know what anniversary it was, but they did a big online thing a few months ago where they sent out a big box full of different beers with this like online get-together type thing for, mm. I guess, their birthday of some Kind. I think that's what this is. Mm-hmm. I didn't check the date, though. Look at that pour. That's fine. Um, I'm going to drink a very, very dripping wet, because it's been sat here for ages, Overtone Brewing. Um, it's called Motueka. I'm home. It's 8.5%, and it's a double IPA with honey. Um, another addition to our beers, brewed with honey, this time with the refreshing flavors of Motueka hops. A nice thick body with a burst of lemon and lime flavours, perfectly balanced with the sweetness of the golden honey. The hops are Motueka and Columbus. That is everything. Yeah, 8.5%. Ooh, Excellent. Ooh, almost fizzed out of the can. Um, I'm gonna, I, I know it's so wet because it's just been sat here. Condensating. I don't want to. Don't want to slip and drop it. But it's getting water absolutely everywhere. So I'm going to low pour down here, out of the way, and we'll come back to you, Adol, for the siren if you're ready. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I poured on screen, and I mean, it's an imperial porter, so you know it's not going to like be too terrible to pour up top. Mm-hmm. It poured real well. What I will say is, uh, I don't know if you could caught that on the camera, but it actually was quite golden in color, like when it was thin on the pour. Now, of course, it's black, but that like it is is that gives me the hint that it's not like super dark. Mm-hmm. It's it's got a little um, more brown to it. Oh, uh, you can smell that nine percent slash that sweetness from the imperial porter right off the top. Nose is quite subtle. Like, I mean, not subtle. It's just light. It's a light sweetness. A little bit of maltiness. Mm-hmm. But again, closer to like a sweet biscuit. Um, and like, you're not getting any coffee or not even any chocolate. Like, just slightly biscuity malt. Um, and I think most of it is just the alcohol sweetness okay. coming off of it. Is this, else seems quite Is this going to be like a porter of old? Not like a half stop to a stout. Is this going to be one of those, you know, slightly sweeter with a little bit of malt kind of... Like a porter. porter. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm hoping, but mm. we'll see. So many porters we've had recently in the last couple of years have, have had those bigger kind of flavors you'd associate with the stout. So interesting. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ex- yeah, I'm glad. You- yeah, so this is especially ones with like a higher ABV. Yes. It's like, well, why, why, why did you make this a porter? Unless it was like a coffee porter or whatever. But Siren has their like nitro stouts yeah. and stuff. So the fact that this is a porter is, is interesting. Siren are very oh. good like across the board at different styles. So. Oh. Mmm. First thing I will say is there's just enough um, carbonation to give it, just make it um, open up on the tongue mm-hmm. on a small sip. I mean, you can see like there's not a huge head or whatever, but it did just sort of blossom a bit. Um, it's, it's sweet, not too sweet. Yes, this is this is a porter. Uh, it's not. It's it's quite reserved. It's the alcohol sweetness is. It's like it's there. Like it's got that body, but it doesn't have like. All the other notes aren't doing anything more. Mm-hmm. And it's not like trying to be big. Uh, it, I think the tin said something. What did it say? Chocolatey malts and spicy with rye. I was going to say the rye is the one thing that is coming off of it. I'm not like I'm sure if I look for it, I'll notice the chocolate notes. But it's just basically like it's malty. It's like lightly malted, um, and the rye, you know the. I don't know what you call that rye tinge that's like, oh, that's rye versus barley or, mm. or wheat. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's a spice thing, but it's it's a very noticeable, like, it's, it's a rye note is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's interesting. Without, without having something in front of me to draw on, I know what you're yeah. talking about, but I can't it's, tell you like, what that difference is. Yeah. Um, And it's got, like... A slightly sweet, and again, that effervescence of that's more carbonated than I thought, um, lasts just enough to the um, the finish that it, it, it opens up. And it's got, that's when I think, now that I'm letting, now that it's coated my palate for a bit, um, I'm getting some of that roast, like li- lightly roasted and slightly chocolatey um, notes are coming only on the finish, mm-hmm. but like the main taste is just this yeah this really light slightly tangy porter that's just like yeah it's just it's the main there's a maltiness it's clearly a rye maltiness and then as that like withdraws just because it's been sitting in your mouth for long enough you you notice oh yeah there's this like like sixty percent cacao, like like not like not like not like baking chocolate or not like oh yes chocolate, but this is like not quite milk chocolate, a little darker than that. Like this this chocolatey note, but again, it's just sitting there on top or with this like slightly burnt malted taste. Mm. Again, we think like very several steps back from the last time I had a thing where I was like ah yes roasted taste. Like it's all very reserved almost. Like it's just. It's there. You can t- see these things, but it's it makes the thing way more drinkable. Like I don't have like the finish is there, and I can either sit with this really light finish, 
or I could just get another sip and it, I'm not, not going to be like, oh yes, this like nothing's in your face. So I can choose to just sit with this. Ah, this finish is actually quite like a little sweet, a little rye, a little chocolatey. Or I could be like, ah, this is a little too light, uh, which would be dangerous with the 9%. Yeah. Um, it, it's really good. Like I don't want to say, like when I'm saying understated, I'm saying that in the way I want to usually describe Wiper and True, my, the other beer I had. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not plain or flat. It's just these tastes are there, but they're not like in my face, which again, for a 9% Imperial Porter, especially like, like you mentioned, um, the way porters have been for the last, I want to say like a year and a half, mm. six months easy, year and a half probably, if not longer. If, yeah, they've been trying to be more boisterous, and then it's like, well, what's, what is your definition of a porter versus a stout yeah. as a brewer? Like, what are you trying to do? This feels like a porter in that it has this, and it has this nuance. It's just not, it's not the big boisterous ah yes imperial stout this is a nine percent beer that except for noticing a bit of the sweetness you could mistake for much lighter but it's clearly a porter um which is i think it ticks all my boxes to be honest like nice oh it's it's nine percent but it doesn't make itself known to be nine percent uh but also it's doing the thing that the tin says it should do which is be a porter it's not overstaying its welcome it's not boring. It's yeah. Perfect. Anyway, uh, this is really interesting. I'm very curious when my palate adjusts what I will think. Mm. Nice, good. Okay. Um, so the overtone. I, I've got another double IPA. Uh, the nose is big honey, big honey, uh, which is which is fantastic. We've we've had honey beers before, and they've always fallen a little bit short. At good beers, but in terms of the honey that's come from them, and I can't remember. I think I've had a couple from Umbard before who've used honey quite a lot. Um, I've never had this amount of that lovely sweet honey smell on the on the nose, hmm. and um, you know it's it's kind of what you would expect from a kind of a double IPA. It's a little bit sort of thicker in um, consistency when looking at it from the um, Rock Leopard. It's a little bit sort of darker. It's not as orangey. Um, mm-hmm. A little bit more carbonated than the previous one. Ooh, okay. Hmm. It's interesting in that the honey comes out front and center. It's absolutely like here's some honey, but it's mm. it's kind of backed up again by it. Very similar to the rock leopard has that kind of bubblegummy sweetness and then has these earthier vegetable-y kind of notes to it. This does a similar thing and it's it's honey, absolutely a little bit of a floral note in there with that honey as well. But then has this slightly stewed finish to it. Again, neither of these mm. beers have a bitter finish. Uh, um they this one again is is fading quite quickly. In terms of the flavour, uh, and I think that comes with that more earthy kind of tone, without any kind of bitter finish. But this starts off kind of very strong, and then kind of drops down a little bit. And 
I'm starting to get a little bit more through. I don't have a quick sip because it does start off as very kind of not incredibly like sweet supermarket honey, but it's mm. it's more of that kind of um, like homemade kind of honey. You know, something that you feel like you'd get from down the road or from the butchers or not from the kind of you know the staple brand name supermarket honey. This is something maybe not quite as sweet, um, but you get that lemon and lime in there as well. Those those citrus mm. notes, which do just pull it down even more and push me into thinking this is more of an earthy kind of beer, which maybe it isn't. It's just those very ripe, but not tangy citrus notes. So mm. they're kind of, it's like, oh, this is a... It's, it's, definitely a limey kind of flavor but it's not sharp it's a little bit dull and i think having a not quite sweet honey in there as well makes all of this feel quite dull not mm. in a not in a boring way but in a um like the edge has just been taken off of everything so mm. there's no right. big hit of anything there's no big sweetness from a honey there's no big citrus flavor in there everything is a like dialed back to f- about five and that is kind right. of the flavor you're getting it's like it's some honey it's only like five here's some lime again it's about a six or a five um um do you does that mean that the the tastes are kind of muddled together or are they still like discreet because like if everything's dropped to a five, you have the danger of it's just a mess. So it's not that 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 is one thing that is going for it. You can be like, no, I can pick out the honey, I can pick out this lime. Um, I think the the tin said lemon and lime, but I'm getting a lot more lime than I am uh, lemon from it at the moment. That that mm. may change as my palate adjusts to the beer as well. Yeah. Um, but it's just a bit dull. Right. I. I feel like that's the best word to describe it essentially um and again not boring not boring there's flavor going on it's just dialed back and nothing is jumping out or pushing out so really kind of say here's a honey beer here's a honey double ipa here is that big blast of flavor here is this lovely fruity double IPA kind of going on. You know, we, we've had um, beers which have been more citrusy, more lemony, more limey, which have been big flavoured beers accompanied by other mm-hmm. kinds of things. This just doesn't quite do it. Um, and I don't think the dulling down of those flavours is tasty enough for people mm. who don't want a big beer. There's tons of people out there who don't like that big flavour. But I don't yeah. think this is tasty enough to be that, unfortunately. Um, and it's just trying to kind of maybe do a few too many things. The balance isn't quite right. Um, mm, we'll see how we go with it. We'll see how we go. I mean, I'm going to drink it, of course. It's not unpleasant. Yeah. It's not unpleasant at all. It just isn't up here. Yeah. It's just... Uh, but yeah, I mean, also having a couple understated beers, it's 
always interesting where like halfway through a pint you might be like ah my i've I've acclimatized and now things blossom Mm. so we'll we'll see if that happens but it does sound like yeah a bit of a mismatch yeah yeah definitely definitely so we shall see uh we will drink these and yes we'll return to Mm. them at the end of the episode but we will jump back into uh back into games Uh, ado i know you said you do have a topic and we will get to it. I've got yep. a couple of things just to touch yeah, on. Very My topic is short. So, um, so I started um, two other games, which I think are kind of the games which I'm more interested in playing. Uh, hmm. The first one was... Well, actually, it wasn't the first one. I played the other one first. I played the other one before I went on holiday, but I'll talk about The Ascent a little bit first. Oh, you played the ascent. Excellent. Yes. Again, I've been really curious about it. A very, very small amount. Um, it's from Neon Giant and Curve Digital. Again, another one played through Game Pass on PC. Yep. Um, it's it's absolutely beautiful in its cacophony of things going on. There's so much going on on the screen, and this is an isometric twin stick kind of shooter um, set in mm. the far flung future it's pure cyberpunk you get that straight away with how it's presented to you they've done so well at integrating kind of their opening cinematic then into the world that you kind of go into and stuff it, everything feels like a fantastic little package and gameplay wise it's fun it's fluid it's fast and that's kind of exactly what you want from a twin stick shooter especially one that's this kind of cyberpunky style game and it doesn't throw too much at you to start off with it's you've got mm. a pistol you can shoot some stuff do that oh now you can kind of hack through a few gates or now you might be able to get an ability you know i've picked up a big melee punch that i can do to enemies now you get a second weapon it, it feeds you in very gradually taking you through these horrid, waste-filled, underbelly kind of levels. And it's gritty, Mm. it's grimy. Yes, perfect. That's exactly what I want for being this low-level grunt. And the idea that it's this RPG and you are level one or level zero and you are down Mm. in the doldrums of this big corporate, corporate structure and you're working through the waste plant and the recycling facility and all this kind of stuff, tonally environmentally and then impactfully on you being this low-level character works very very well and i'm super interested in how this progresses but i've only played enough to get out of this first map area up to then the like habitat ring kind of thing um so i will see how that kind of plays through but so far so good um my PC struggles a little bit, though. Mm. That's my big problem. And I read that people playing on, say, Steam, yep. um, who are able to play um, DX11 yep. are fine. And it's the same issue we have with Outriders, right? Uh-huh. We played yeah, DX11, was, say, like- was no issue at all. DX12 struggled, really, really struggled. And the Ascent struggles... Uh, most. So wait, you couldn't, you can't pick your DirectX level on Games no. Pass. I have no. Oh, I didn't I, I know mean, that. 
it may be buried somewhere. Right. It's just, but, but it's I mean, not like I press play and it takes me straight into the game. It doesn't give me a choice yeah. about how I play this. And as I understand it, it's also probably been optimized for the console experience because a lot of people playing on the series consoles have absolutely no issue at all. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. So yeah, that's the so, only. So I mean, issue. I I will um, say that uh, let's go back to review roundup because cool. um, the only negative reviews, and I'm not going to read them just because there's only a handful on the front mm-hmm. page of Steam reviews, are about the bugs. Yeah. Okay. So I'll read like Yaza, who played seven and a half hours. I'll just read the beginning which was beautiful engaging and broken experience it seems nowadays a standard to release broken productions this doesn't mean i will not point out instances when it happens especially after i pay for it the game isn't marked as early access i'll treat it as such and then there's just like i would say 13 like bugs Mm. that go from uh no enemies spawning after backtracking to things like not being able to open doors or chests no no enemy spawning uh uh, after to, to fin- that are they're needed to finish a mission, like like big things and small mm. things. It sounds like it's a little. I mean, I think it's important because like we're in a bad place with development where that happens, yes. and it with PC releases, it seems quite often they ha- like your PC will just like handle a thing differently because of your hardware. And then it undoes a lot of things, which is why like someone like this is like, oh, I couldn't play the game properly. And you're like, it stuttered, but like you didn't have any of these like big bugs. Where it's Absolutely. Like, yeah. The big boss didn't spawn or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I will say though, which I think sounds like, um, uh, so there's two, uh, which is, um, I wanted to hear your comments on, but I'll read both. So Karim, Play 18 hours on record said, I can't distinguish the enemies from the civilians in a firefight. I've killed hundreds of innocent people. Oh. Nobody cares. <laughs> and then uh, another person said, uh, 12-inch paradise, who spent 24 hours, says, the real hard mode is trying not to maul down civilians as you're fighting the bad guys. And I just thought it was really interesting that two of these positive reviews mentions explicitly that there is a civilian class, and maybe it doesn't matter if there's a civilian class. Um, and I was wondering what your I, thoughts I haven't were. experienced that. Um, so far, the only casualties have been robots working working mm. down in these recycling waste facilities. Uh, I've not killed any humans who didn't attack me and deserve it kind of thing. Um, so I don't know yet. Now I've got into the habitat area, I could I could see that that would be a thing. And with it being a twin stick shooter... It's not a case of, you know, where is a first person right. shooter and, you know, whether it's a, um, a game which has some kind of hostage situation and they want you to aim the crosshair very specifically at the enemy stood behind, say, a hostage or something like that. Um, you're not going to get that kind of um, accuracy with a twin stick shooter. So you're not going to be able to kind of do that sort of thing. Um, right, and, and as Lucy says, robots are people too. David Cage told you David Cage is wrong on every single <laughs> fucking level. Fuck awful people who are horrible to their employees. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's it's definitely one of those where I think it would be very hard 
for them to get people you know you could get people they could just remove the the people right and have scenarios where Mm. there are no NPCs of innocent civilians there are they trying to say something about that I I've got Mm. no idea because I'm not there yet Um, so I will play this I will definitely be playing this one through a little bit more so it may be something we return to if I have strong feelings about that element when I pick up on it so the last thing i'll ask about it is uh, have you had the chance to so it's a single player or co-op multiplayer uh i don't like so one have you had a chance to play it co-op multiplayer and also is it like pickup group multiplayer or is it like find a friend i don't know not Um, there yet i i i haven't tried to play it multiplayer wise only because i knew i've got an hour I want to try this. I'll just yeah, bash into I mean, it I think. Um, and see how it is. Uh, so I've not experienced that yet. I, however, I think this is probably a game that it feels like it would be best played with friends. You can be sat chatting over it. Um, you know, it gave me kind of um, like wasteland vibes, that kind of thing, where you could kind mm. of be in a group and you could do some things and chat about it and have a laugh about these kinds of things. You know, it's, it's not in that same kind of strategy basis. It is a twin stick shooter, so it's all kind of reactionary and stuff. But you could definitely have a little bit of strategy to playing a multiplayer kind of version right. of this. And it'd be interesting to see how that works. Again, another thing I've heard is that the netcode is not very good and that the mm. multiplayer has been a little bit hit and miss for l- almost everyone. I don't think that's even a uh, platform issue. I think that's just an issue for people. Um, so I've not delved into that yet. Um, right. But again, it's something I'd like to explore. It's something if, if I know other people are playing it, it would be great to do that. But it definitely feels like one of those games, as we've experienced with Outriders... That yeah. if you're gonna play it with someone, you want to play it through with them, rather than it being, "Hey, you've already done all of this. Come back and help me with this bit." Or like, come yeah, and you're jump not, you're back not like, in and do these bits. Join me for this one bit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll see. I definitely return to the ascent uh, and play it through a little bit more, and, and come back with later thoughts. Um, maybe, maybe not. You know in the next few weeks or so, but maybe kind of, you know, further on once I've had a full experience kind of uh, with it. It doesn't seem like a short game. So Mm. uh, the other, the game I'm not going to talk about this week, which is Gravity Rush 2, again, is not a short game. And I'm only a few hours, I'm only a few hours into that. It's fantastic. I love it. I love Mm. it so far. Um, I'll talk about it next week probably. Um, or the week after or whenever I I get around to talking about that but the final game I want to talk about is a game which we got a preview for called uh, The Garden Path Mm. Um, oh yes from a developer called Carrot Cake Uh, did you have a chance to play? I did not okay Um, I really like it but it's crashed on me three times Um, it's a preview build the problem with it is that there's no sort of save state. So I've experienced mm. the same opening 20 minutes four ah. times. And I'm kind of done 
I don't want to yeah. play the preview version anymore. But 20 minutes has sort of sold me enough to want to play this game. So do you want to just... So what's the premise? So it is a... It's kind of like a life sim, right? But you're a gardener. And you you get thrown into this, this kind of wilderness. And mm-hmm. you walk through and encounter characters who will give you a little bit of tutorial in this first element to get you. So uh, there's a big bear and you go to him and he gives you some shears. And using those shears, or uh, you're mm-hmm. able to then cut plants so you can pick up flowers you can cut bracken you can do all these sorts of things you have an axe as well so you can chop trees and they will give you seeds and things and it is like a it's like an animal crossing-esque kind of life sim but doesn't feel as intensive as a lot of these games it feels so much more chilled and that comes Mm. through from the aesthetic it comes through from the music and it comes through from the pace of what's kind of going on you appear in this world, you chat to a bear, you get your... It's not even... Um, it's like saccateurs. You get those. You talk to another character who can kind of trade with you. You can then walk around your map and talk to the other characters that have popped up. There's no rush to do so. There's nothing telling you you have to go and talk to this person. There's no debt. You've got no debt in this game. You someone hasn't funded your house that you're paying off for hundreds of years. You are just then mm. going around collecting things. In this game, I feel like it will kind of unfold um, very nicely in front of you and take you through, um, not in a hand-holdy kind of way, but just in a very relaxed kind of way. And this is that kind of life simmy ish kind of game that I want, not something that I have to be there all the time. I don't have to go on at six o'clock in yes. the morning because right. that's when the market is best. Or I have to ch- talk to people on a forum board to get the best price on turnips or whatever that shit is. <laughs> it, yeah. It's just one of those that feels like the game is contained in, within this experience. You're not worrying about anyone else. You are just playing yeah. through this. And it does it in a pace which is great for me it's fantastic and and i absolutely um will kind of stand by the idea that this is a preview so it's going to crash of course it is there's a demo as well for the game somewhere um i don't know whether that's on steam or it's on itch um i go to the steam page which is here there's no demo there I definitely yeah, remember I said, them. No, it's definitely not out at all. So, like, this is why the crashes on you are like yes. So it's a, kick, it's a Kickstarter game as well, which is open at the yeah. moment. So you can go and have a look at their Kickstarter page. It's by uh, developers called Carrot Cake, uh, Bristol-based as well. So they're somewhere within our vicinity uh, making this game. And um, I don't know whether that demo is a Kickstarter thing as well, but there's definitely something out there for people to be able to experience in some capacity. Um, right. But I, I I absolutely feel, even with those technical limitations that I've experienced, that I really like it. Um, I mean, that's exactly what you... I, I mean, as, as a me, that's what I want to hmm. hear, is like, oh, you're, the thing that sucks is it's early access and you got bugs. I mean, it's, not, it's pre-early access yes. and you got bugs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also... 
you're like, cool, I'm going to sit on this because I want to play it, even though those bugs were clearly frustrating, mm-hmm. right? Like, that means that there's a game there. There's a really cool game there that, like, has already gripped Absolutely, you. and it's, it's, um, it's allowed me a little bit of time to explore enough and to kind of chat enough that I get the basic understanding of what is going on without having experienced a lot of stuff. And actually, in in some way, that feels kind of good. Like, if I'd have played this preview and I'd experienced everything this game had to offer within the first 30 minutes, I probably mm. wouldn't have played the game. Right. Uh, whereas I played 30 minutes and the game has... Uh, broken in a way that everything else is still happening on screen. My character just won't move. Um, right. After talking to someone, they've just they've they've the character has frozen. The game hasn't. Everything else is still happening, but the character has frozen. So you have to come back out of it and essentially start right. again because it's a preview book, um, which is fine. But I don't want to play it a fifth time. Unless yeah, it's sorry. then the I finished, mean, you will have to. Unless it's the finished package. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's fine for me. I will play it through as a as a finished package. You know, again, it's not on that kind of scale, and and I think quite uniquely, the Outriders gave us, which was play the demo. Everything will carry over into the. I mean, Outriders yeah. has got its own problems, and and had yeah. for you know the first couple of months while it was out, but. Fantastic! What a, what a wonderful experience to be like. I've played all of this. I don't have to do it again. Mm-hmm. Amazing! That's that's exactly what you want from that. Uh, whereas this is you know, small enough, and actually it's only sort of ten minutes of stuff that I may have to of, run through yeah. again because I know what I'm doing. So it's like go here, go here, go here, go here, do this, do this, yeah, do this. But Done. but it's more of like uh, given that you've hit this these types of bugs multiple mm-hmm. times, you're like, well, there's no point in me. Quickly, I can get quickly go through this, but if it's if I'm going to hit something in minute sixty five or thirty five, that will put me back to minute zero. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Completely. Completely. So, uh, I'm yeah, I'm I'm very much up for this. Uh, I even it's the first time I've done it for a long time. Went on the Kickstarter page and had a look oh, kind yeah. of through everything that they were uh, kind of laying out. And um, mm. it, it's the start of the month, so it's a good time for everybody to maybe go and invest a little bit of a little bit of money. And I, I, I feel like I'm drawn enough through this preview to jump back onto that Kickstarter page and, and actually have a look, rather than just looking at the game and the things. Actually, having a look right. at those those tiers and, and things and contributing yeah. to this because I really enjoyed what I um what I played from it. I mean, that's so, got me stoked. Mm. Yeah, and again, I don't know when it's. I've got zero information. Zero information on this game about when it's kind of like coming out and all those sorts of things. But it's 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 a I way. Mean, it's the a Steam way away. page just says like uh planned release twenty twenty one. Uh I'll be I mean, it's gonna be late twenty twenty one, I would think. Um it's it's a it's yeah. a hell of an art style. Um it there's a, there's a lot going on. Uh, like with, with the ascent, there's a ton of stuff there's hundreds and hundreds of assets on your screen at any one time in that isolation right. this is a hell of an art style in that there's 10 assets but again they're kind of repeated so it's here is a birch tree and it's then 
three more times across the screen. Here is a bracken bush, and it's then repeated. Here is a carrot plant, and so you can get carrot um, plants or seeds and those kinds of things. And it, it again unfolds in a way that I'm like, I've got my succotas. I'll go and chop this plant. Oh, cool. I've discovered a carrot plant, or I've discovered some chamomile and stuff. And I can see how this then unfolds, knowing what I know about the game. And you, right. you know, you're, you're like brewing teas and all of this sort of stuff. Like how you use these ingredients and these plants for certain things. And, and the idea of being like, I've got seeds, I will create my area, my little orchard over here uh, of these things, or my wild flower garden kind of over here on the map. And the one thing that the repeating four times has allowed me to experience is that the map is different every time. Oh, interesting. So the map is only made up, at least I don't know whether this expands or not, but in this initial phase, the map is made up of six blocks, two by three kind of grid. And characters will appear. So there's, there's a character who you come across after the first couple who will give you a fishing rod. And on the first time I encountered him, he was right in that first corner of grid number one. The second time, right. he was right down in the top corner of grid number six. So I would have had to have run through the entire area, which isn't massive, uh, to go and see right, him but- again to then get that kind of fishing rod and do that sort of thing. Um, so there's a little bit of kind of procedural elements of it that, that, that what I would play would be different to what you would play. I would think it's not going to be right. the same That's kind of for cool. everybody. So everyone's kind of landscape and garden and how they can cultivate these things and what they're able to do and who they experience is different. Again, through two different things, I, I bumped through all of these first bits and then a mm. bunch more exclamation points appeared on my map. And I'm like, right, I'll go to the, the uh, nearest one. And right. it, I can't remember what it was. It was like an anthropomorphic tomato. And I'm right. like, cool. He looks weird, but I'll have a chat with him. And then the next time I played through, it was an onion called oh, something different. That's gave me exactly odd. the same chat, right? Yeah, because okay. it was leading me yeah. to a very specific point. And that, that point changed on the map about what exactly mm. where it was but i experienced the same thing just in a different space with a different asset presenting it kind of to me so i feel it's it's interesting that everyone's experience will be characterized Slightly. a little bit differently uh presented a little bit differently so i think that has something going for it as well that it isn't this big expansive multiplayer thing we can go to someone's island and all of this sort of stuff but you can have those conversations about oh hey i no i i've been chatting to a cabbage for 20 minutes like you know fucking right like oh i've been chatting to a, a you know an onion but we've had the same experience just a slightly different one and i think with the art style that's being presented that's quite a big sort of feat because it all looks completely hand-drawn. Um, right. It's not like Sketch, like, was it Morden? Mundorn? Something like that, which you played? Mundorn, Mundorn. yeah. It's it's not that, but everything is very, um, is very hand-drawn in its presentation. So it looks fantastic. I right. love it. I love it. 
I, I played like 20 minutes of it four times. Sounds great. So, mm. yeah, I mean that that sounds great. I mean that's uh, you've got me sold in the future. If that yes. makes sense given yes. your trepidation. Yeah. yeah, I would. I mean, if there's a, if there's a demo out there and and it's accessible. Uh, it might be on itch or something like that. Then take a look at it. Um, if it's not, if it's like a Kickstarter uh, um, kind of thing, obviously look at the page before you invest. See what you're getting from it. See if it's something that would 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 fly with you. There'll be people out there who have preview code as well. Who I would imagine have done videos and things. Have a look on YouTube uh, and look at other yeah. sources and things to see if this is something that you'd be interested in. Um, but it's fun so far. Hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm super great. interested yeah. in what happens and where it goes and how it keeps me coming back to it, let's say. So, yeah, super impressed from that very limited um, playtime that I've had. I mean, that sounds it. great. And that's it. That's all of my games. Uh, and I've I mean, that sounds rattled great. on for an hour and a half. Um, two weeks worth of games is only an hour and a half of chat, obviously. Um, but we've burned through them. So, Adol, we'll, we'll, we'll jump to you for your, yeah. your little Yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot chat. to say. Uh, so, I... Uh, I alluded to this before. I'm going back home mm. to Canada... Uh, I haven't been there for two years. I'm going for about six weeks. I mean, yes, roughly. Um, I didn't play anything this week because I was busy packing, mm-hmm. etc. I, I I debated whether I was going to do uh, first looks today. Um, I doubt I'll do it tomorrow. I think that um, the game I slotted will just have to deal with that um just because boy there's just a lot to get done and like uh sidebar um trying to do the things that um countries want when they won't let you like i was like cool i'm planning this trip i'll just fill out your forms and then the alberta government app and the canada app were like nope you can't select these days it's too far in advance and i was like oh cool (laughs) So I guess tomorrow I have to do a bunch of fucking paperwork that I thought I could do like a few days ago, a few weeks ago, because every time I check, it's like oh, a couple of days. No, not right. Um, it sucks. But that's why like tomorrow is just a, a busy mm-hmm. time. But what I realized was I'm going for six weeks. I finally got back to the swing of playing mm-hmm. games. The hell do I take with me? Because <laughs> like. Uh, so sidebar, my um, parents are selling their house, and so there's like I'm taking. Oh. I also have a minimal amount of clothing. Like I have some clothes that I've left at my parents' place, but also like I'm just at that transition point in a wardrobe where it's like, ah, oh, I need to buy things, but also it should be cheaper in Canada. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna take very little there and come back with full sure. suitcase is my yep. plan for both the like just garment general thing, get new clothes. Um, but also, I have stuff that I need to move out of their house because I don't know how big or where their new house will be. And I've been, like, using random closets in their home for 10-plus years because it didn't matter. And it's like, yeah. ah, it kind of does now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so it's like, ah, I'll take very minimal stuff. But, obviously, I, like, I'm not going to spend, like... I'm going to get some work done, like writing philosophy, etc. Um, and like maybe some website stuff done for 
out of lives.net. Um, but other than that, it's like I'm going to help them pack their houses and move. Yeah. Uh, but there'll be downtime where it's like, like my friends in Calgary have day jobs. So I'm going to take the switch, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like, do I take the dock so I can plug it into a TV? Oh. I'm there for six weeks, but also like I'm going to go to Saskatoon and like my niece and nephew are eleven and eight, so like Mario Kart's within mm. their grasp, and like I know they have a projector in their basement, uh. and then it's like, and then do I take a control? Like, so I've got a tablet; it can run. So some of the games I've played on first looks that I love to continue have low overhead. I've got a Windows tablet. So it's like, oh, do I take a pro controller because I can bind it to the <laughs> tablet and the switch? Like, how dumb am I being for thinking I mean, about this? But also, it's six weeks. It, it's a long time. Um, how it, it, it's one of those where if it's if if it was me, and yeah. I thought that my family would get a kick out of it whether that's for a, a day or a week, I think I would take the extra stuff to facilitate that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. as Lucy says, uh, take your Switch, which you said you could do. Uh, Game Pass on your tablet, perfect. Uh, take an Xbox or PlayStation controller. Mm, I mean... Oh, so this is why I'm thinking the the Nintendo Pro mm. controller because I can bind it to the tablet but I can also then it could also just be another Switch controller yes yes I think that's probably where you can cut down on a tiny bit of space if if you yeah. can use the Switch control pad with uh, Game Pass or even not even with Game Pass even just with Steam and the library of games yeah. that you've got that just doubles up absolutely if you can give your family that experience of playing these um, different things as well, you know whether it's Mario Kart, whatever it is on the Switch, absolutely, I think that is is definitely something to um, to push and to, to 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 make a little bit of space for. You know, realistically, the the dock and the pad probably won't take up a huge amount of space in terms of then. You know, going there, you say you're not taking very much. Fine, but coming no. back, you're losing so like not a lot of t-shirt space. Yeah. Uh, that, that's kind yeah. of about it. I suppose the only issue is like damage in transit, right? Oh, I'm not worried about that. I don't know pack electronics. Cool. Good. That's that would be the only thing um, I would be a little bit hesitant yeah. about. But yeah. So yeah, it's 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 one of those things where it's like. Generically, I would take my like old beat up MacBook Air mm. and the Switch, but after six weeks, and also, when like I said, my niece and nephew are now of an age where they can enjoy some of these games in a way they didn't before. Uh, and I even have like a dongle that takes the place of the dock. Oh, so it'll take less time for a Switch. Um, and like oh, but also I realized that like. Uh, like long-time listeners will know, I started to play a playthrough of Box Boy and Box Girl on Nintendo yes. Switch 
with a very good friend of mine, Diane, who made this cross-stitch of our logo. Yep. Um, and we just both agreed that we would finish this game together. And so, I, but it's been two years since I've been back home. It's like, <laughs> oh, well, I definitely have to take my Switch so we can finish this fucking game. That we don't remember how it works or any of the puzzles that we've done before, and so it'll be a big pain in the ass. But like, yeah, it's great. Like, uh, and and so I'm like really looking forward to going home. And but it was just like, oh, if I'm going to take this, it's like, oh, it turns out like, oh, I can run video games on a lot of the random things I own, <laughs> but then to to play them well, there's just so much paraphernalia. Mm. Mm. What the fuck am I taking? And like. To the point where it's like, well, why don't I just take my tablet instead of my laptop? No. Like, and it's like, because I can, like, I no longer tie, it's like, my, my laptop is a MacBook Air. I have, like, stopped being an OSX regular person because my desktop, et cetera, is Windows. And, like, I use Google Drive and all the yes. things. The only reason, like, I take my MacBook Air to the cafes and place I work because it's light, etc. It's actually less light than the tablet, but I'm just used to that environment, and it, it still does all mm -hmm. the things. But then it's like, oh, well, do I just take the tablet and the controller I can bind to it? And then I can sometimes play all these games I have on Steam, but I'm not used to working with the tablet as my primary thing. And so it's this weird, like... It's probably not a big deal, but also my routine is tied to this device and its ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. It's only six weeks, but it's also all of six mm. weeks. It feels like it's and only so a short yeah, so amount of time for going back, right, to, to see your family and all those kinds of things. Yeah. It feels like this is going to fly past and stuff, but... Suddenly, it's like, well, what about all of that downtime and those moments and, exactly. and that sort of stuff? You're like, yes, I've got work to do, and I in my routine of doing that kind of stuff. But that routine also allows me that leisure time, which still might not align with lots of other people, or might align with certain people who can then experience these things as well. So yeah, yeah, I, like like most of that time, I'll probably be at my parents' place, where if I'm not helping them pack up their house to move. After dinner, mum watches TV in the living room and dad goes downstairs and watches TV in the family room. It's used sports and food network. <laughs> they're reg like they're regular parents, right? Like, but it's like, I don't want to watch either of those things. And so if I'm not going out to meet pe my friends in the evening because they have their own families mm. and stuff, then I'm just like at home. And it's, it's not even like a avoiding family to play video games. It's like, oh, actually, there's like, downtime because i like i would love spending time with my parents but like i don't need to watch tv with them absolutely and like routine again are, right like that will come right it will be an evening where they say hey let's all go out and do this thing when you you're going to be going or or we, we they don't thing. leave and we like exactly. have dinner and just yes. chat yes when you're occupied and, and spending time with them absolutely um again i i, I when i went away for a week there were those mm. twenty-minute little points where everyone is doing various things, and like, I'll mm. just open up the Witcher mobile game and see what's right. kind of cracking because 
and I haven't got anything to do, or I'll open up my work emails and I'll have a look at those. Um, so you, you even then you get yeah, over six weeks, you're going to get a lot of those little moments. Exactly, and as we said, yeah. plus all of those moments where you you are then introducing these things as a um, you know as a, as a as a family kind of event, especially for the your sort of niece and nephew and stuff. So yeah, I think I would agree that taking the the, the dock and the pro controller would be the would be the move to allow them to experience that with you as well, and just give yourself as much variety as possible, I suppose. If the yeah. Mac is able to, you know, you can go, I can do work on this, but I can also do a limited amount of gaming or, or, or whatever on it as well. Cool. Fine. If the tablet needs to go as well. I mean, they're all light, but also it it just compounds. Yeah. And it's like, do I? So, like, I have my walk-around camera as a photographer, mm. which is like, ah, uh, this is the thing no one pays attention to, but like, oh, I'm with my family. I might want to take like proper pictures. Do I take this big thing? And it's like, obviously I can't take both. And it's like, oh, it turns out the clothes are not the thing that are the worrisome. I just like will always travel with too much gear. And that's like, obviously not a thing I need to do. So, but like maybe I take the bigger camera and the switch and the tablet. Hmm. And, like, that's the trade-off. But it's just one of those things where it seems so foreign to think about travel and gear and moving around. I just thought I would bring it up and be like, I'm I'm so confused by the notion of not being in this room with all these things. It's nuts, right, though, how much travel you used to do. And you were like, hey, I'm going away. Pick this up, pick this up, pick this up, go. You kind of you you you, yeah. you knew what you were taking with you on those trips, whether it was for a weekend, whether it was back to Canada for X amount of weeks, kind of thing. You were like, "Yep, mine made up," but and that's the problem, right? It's one of the reasons why I have absolutely no need to buy a Steam Deck. I go yeah. nowhere. I can sit here and play everything. Sure, I could sit in the room three meters there and play it in my bed. I don't need to do that. I just, I just, yeah, I just buy a more comfortable chair and sit here, mm. and you know, it, it's 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 absolutely one of those that, like, yes, if I was traveling a lot, if I knew that I was, you know, if Steam Deck had turned up and had come around when I was going off to uni for a whole week every month for two years, I'd have bought it because I played yep. nothing. But I was, I, I mean. I took my laptop with me and I played maybe Civ 5 or what would it have been then? Fuck knows, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, before before we'd even started the podcast, so it's probably Civ 5 and a couple of other little things. The Transport Tycoon Deluxe open version or something like that. Um, hey, you're right, Lucy. I don't know the joy of playing games in, in bed. Um, although through... Game Pass, I can play on the cloud version of some games without a pad using the controls on the screen, which aren't good. You keep vamping. I'm going to use the Oh, okay. All right. I will. Uh, Yeah. 
Game Pass. Cloud version. I'm not a fan. I mean, I might be if I had a pad to pair it with. But how often am I out somewhere doing that? And yes, as Adle has been talking about, we can take all of this technology off with us. We can decide kind of what we're going to, um, uh, you know, kind of pack to take, or whether it's going in hand luggage, whether we're, we're packing kind of stuff in to take. And as Lucy just pointed out, she's brought a clip to play with her control pad. And it's something I'd thought of previously when um, when PlayStation brought out their app and I could remote play on my phone using the DualShock. But again... I questioned the need for it. Like, I I very, you know, it's not like I'm living in my space and I'm going to a partner's place. Or I live with my wife. I don't go anywhere else. I don't have a place of work. I work from home. Um, absolutely, for a lot of people who go to work in offices, who want something to do on their lunch break, for people who have partners who live elsewhere and want to go and see them, this is all kind of things. Lucy, playing games in bed is not for everybody. Mate, I can't think of... I, I don't know whether I'd want to play games in bed. I don't know whether I'd want to sit back and kind of sit in bed and play games. I'm not, I'm not really in that kind of mood. If I'm up, I'm, I'm, up, I'm, I'm like, I'm up. Maybe that's just having a child and my sleeping being absolutely destroyed by said child. And being like, right, I'm up, I'm up. Doesn't matter. Not getting back in bed. Fuck it. I'm up, I'm doing stuff. And my just routine and my brain being in a space where I'm like, well, I'll just go and sit at the sit at the PC or I'll sit on the sofa and I'll play the PlayStation. Like the amount of times that I kind of sat and I thought I'll play a game on my phone in bed and it's a PlayStation one, it can just link with the PlayStation downstairs. I'm like, nah, don't give a shit. Don't don't care enough to want to do this, turn it off and just go to sleep or read a book or do something different no lucy i do know i've experienced it and i just didn't quite just didn't quite feel it it's just not quite for me and that's fine because it will be for lots of other people i mean i had the similar thing yeah <laughs> um which is i have a switch uh i like playing it in handheld mode mm -hmm. sometimes but like i've rarely like I also, because, like, I have this room. I have this mm. couch area. I have this work area. I have the bed there slightly off screen because I have a large room in a shared household. Um, I need to separate work and mm. play and stuff, and I try and make, like, my bed. I fail at making my bed because I take my laptop. But, like, I, I, I try and make it at least not gaming. Sure. So I might watch things and fall asleep to it, but like, so if I'm going to handheld mode, I do it there. But I feel like what you're saying is kind of the same thing, which is like, ah, gaming in bed is like breaks that. This is my rest yes. place. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. As a person in their more thirties, uh, it matters uh, that you do that thing, right? <laughs> like, and so I get why. I mean, this is why I'm like. Oh, right, the Switch. It's a handheld. Uh, I can take a dock with me, but also I can just take it with me is like a weird concept to me because 
it basically sits in stock and I play it on this this mm. TV because if like because the handheld because I don't want to play games in bed and then there's just this couch here. Well, the couch is there. <laughs> And the screen is here, so I could just lounge on the couch and have a slightly awkward angle, but play it docked. Um, and that's like that's like a a choice to keep my keep it the types of distractions minimized as far as bed. Yeah. yeah. But like, if I lived in the regular house, it would be like, oh yes, the living room couch. I would be handheld switching all the uh, time. Completely, and I may feel differently if. I had say like a smart TV, which I don't. I've got an, I've got a TV mm. which is nearly ten years old now, right? It's not a smart TV; it just plays whatever is fed into it. We don't have other TV from any other provider. It is what is ever on the PlayStation. So, if Kim wants to, um, if Kim wants to watch like ITV, that's not on the PlayStation. There's no app for it. Yeah, she does that on her laptop. If she wants to watch iPlayer, she's so used to watching stuff on her laptop that she does that and I can then just use the PlayStation. Whereas if suddenly we get a smart TV and she asserts the, her authority and wants to then use said TV for these things, then maybe I need some second screen which is capable of doing these things. Right? right. Fine. Then I will kind of have a look at it. And as Lucy says, playing games on the toilet, that's why people have mobile phones. Um, to play those awful little gacha games. You know, how many Pokemon can I catch on the toilet? Thousands, probably. So, the one thing I think I've, I've neglected to talk about, uh, because y'all don't care about all the times I play or talk about Magic <laughs> the Gathering Arena, <laughs> uh, but they, they released their mobile client earlier uh-huh. this year, and it was the Pixel 3 and above, and I have a 3A, right. And it was not one of the... It was literally like you cannot download the app at all if you aren't this set of, like, models. And it was like... Ugh. But then my friends back home who have the right kinds of phones or whatever were like, oh, yes, I play on the toilet, whatever. And then I was like, oh, man, I want to... Actually, no, I don't. No, actually, I don't. And actually, the more I've thought about it, it's like, I get how you can make that specific game work on a mobile phone. But that's not the experience I like about it. Yes. I have other problems, yeah. which at some point I want to talk about because the um, economics of that like that game are real problematic. But we'll talk about that some other time. Um, oh, it's like, oh, I don't want to just quickly fire through games on this. Like, what I like about that game is the strategy mm. and the thinking and, like, just being able to see... It's a complicated game, right? Like, so just being able to see, see, and easily be like, oh, right, hover over this. What does it do with the mouse?" Versus having like tap on a thing, but it's next to five other things because my screen's only you know this many inches wide. So, like, the card I'm trying to read is this, and the card I don't want to read mm. is that. And then like, I, it's like, oh, I don't actually want to play that way. I don't care enough about this game to want to to play it suboptimally while shitting. <laughs> yeah. Is, is what I realized. I was like, oh, I'm kind of glad that my phone is too shitty yeah, for this. that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Uh, it, it's probably a wonderful place to finish this week. Uh, mm. Just just to chime in with Lucy uh, before we get to beers. Um, you can play the Poopy minigame 
from South Park in real life. And that is probably what? the highest state a human can ever experience. We're just not ready for it. Just not ready for it yet. But also, I'm really glad that you took some time off of screens instead of being on the podcast, Lucy. <laughs> She's done well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely Good. done well. Good. Um, Adol, you've had two beers this evening. Yeah. Uh, um, yes. How do you feel about them? I like them both a lot. They're both understated mm-hmm. beers. Uh, one expectedly from Wiper and True, the Goza, which again I picked because it was like, oh, I don't know how they're going to do this. Siren, uh, the Imperial Porter. I was expecting not that because, like, I've had in the past weeks i've had sirens like nitro cold mm. brew stuff which are very coffee forward really enjoyed those but they're very like much more boisterous um but both of these beers turns out both reserved both like hey this is what i'm doing i'm not gonna throw it in your face and oddly enough given <laughs> that um uh, given that Wiper and True is like our textbook example of the reserved nuanced mm-hmm. beer, I think that Siren's Bones of a Sailor just did it better sure. this yeah. week. Okay. Not only was did I enjoy the beer more, but like literally this like this trick of being more nuanced, being more reserved, that's why I liked the Bones of a Sailor more this mm. week. And that's a thing that like is how I describe Wiper and True. The the goza I felt like I really enjoyed, but the, the, those salt flakes, that like minerally aftertaste, was interesting. But it kind of just made the finish very flat. It was just that salty mineral yes. taste. I wasn't getting anything else after that, and I felt like it was cutting off the nuance. So it was just like a, a light nuance taste and then a flat finish. Yeah, which is very strange for and a wiper and true because normally. As we'd kind of, you know, mentioned when you were drinking it, kind of you use salt to enhance sort of the flavor, but it sounded like it was almost cutting everything else out. Like, here is that salt done. Your palate is now completely clean to experience sort of something else instead, um, which kind of feels the wrong way to use it. Yeah, it feels feels like against the grain of what you want to do but also what they're Mm. good at Mm -hmm. and like when i finished it it was still it felt very much like a there's a distinct aftertaste but it is like this minerally like i said like kind of very similar to the aftertaste that lingers after a perrier like that just like really crisp clean minerally aftertaste but what was missing was the crisp cleanness of the apples that were the front of the goza. It was just like, like the fruitiness died, and then it was just like, okay, well now I could have had any sort of, like I, I could have had a Perrier. Like I'm not feeling the tartness or the fruitiness. I'm just feeling the salt mineral. Yes. While the siren, um, it it. Again, it, it's very, it's much more nuanced, much more reserved for a nine percent imperial porter. It felt like a porter. Um, the rye played an integral part through the taste and the aftertaste, mm-hmm. and ultimately the aftertaste is just lightly chocolatey, um, which I think is really good because it's like it encourages you to have it 
like more of it but if you wanted to sit on it it's just like the finish isn't non-existent it's just lightly chocolatey so it's like you have the choice point of do i want to enjoy this like fairly long finish that's just light like light and reserved but will be there for a couple of like like 45 seconds to a minute of this like lightly reserved chocolate if i don't i can just dip back in and it's got that balance right like so in the beginning i was i like the first half of this pint uh this yeah basic pint i drank it really quickly because i was having a really good time with the regular taste and then when i started sipping it it was like oh actually it's a light nuanced um finish but like it lasts long enough that i can just nurse the second half Mm. of the pint and so just like i said it's just doing the back and forth that balance really well like i you can either like go through it really quickly and be like ah yes a porter this is what i wanted or be like ah it's an imperial porter i'll sip it and also be happy and you can switch between the two yeah that's a really hard balance to do it's like i'm like it's not that I don't have faith in Siren. It's just I think this is a balance I didn't think was that easily to done, and it, they they did it. So that's why it's the Siren for me okay. to speak. Okay, oh, nice, nice. Um, I think for me it's probably quite clearly the Rock Leopard. Um, the overtone was a nice flavour, but as I said when I was drinking it, very dulled down, and that that maintained. All through the the beer, yes, I got a nice right. amount of the the honey. And then it led into this limey um, kind of flavour, and the lemon did come through a little bit more as I drank it, but was still as dulled down as the rest of the flavours. Uh, whereas the rock leopard kind of presented this lovely kind of bubblegummy sweetness, and then those more earthy, stewed fruit kind of notes, which worked quite well together but were distinct enough that I kind of knew what was going on with that beer and it was easy, it was very very light for its 8 ish no 8% so uh, um, just a very very easy drinking beer uh, which gave me enough flavour for its easy going kind of nature as well so it's the it's the rock level. I I wouldn't turn my nose down at the overtone again. I think I would drink it again, but knowing that it was a beer which whilst it was a higher ABV was maybe something to start an evening on. Um that the flavours weren't that big, that it was doled down, that something else that was eight percent could easily have outshone it and and just right. you know, if 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 I'd have had like one of the bigger fruity daters to start with, or you know a big double IPA, which is a kind of a juice bomb from from anyone, I don't think I would have got much from the mm. overtone at all. I think it would have just been crowded out from the previous beer that I'd had, and not sort of shown me very much at all. Um, so yeah, the the the, the rock lamp is my kind of pick this week, definitely. Nice. So, that seems nice and yeah, definitive. Yeah, absolutely. So they're the beers we've drunk this week. They're the games that I have generally played and the things that Adol would like to discuss. And, and of course, you're off now, Adol, for several weeks. Um, 
So yeah, the week of September twentieth. So I think that means I'm ostensibly back for the recording of September twenty first. Oh, but also I arrive in this country on the twenty first because of time zones. <laughs> so we'll see. But it won't be before. It'll be we'll before. See it, how but yeah, feel. yeah. So I'm gone for like about yeah, six weeks. Yeah, cool. And uh, we, what we don't know, given the aforementioned downtime, is whether I could figure out a way to go. I am taking my little USB ball mm. mic, the yes. LeSure mic, um, just in case. But I, it might just be wasted, more tech than I should be <laughs> taking. Uh, but I, I'm going to pack it so that like, if there's downtime, and if I'm in uh, Calgary's had a craft brewery boom of the past five, six years... Uh, if I can like try some beers at 1 p.m., I guess while you guys are at your 8 p.m., uh, I'll try and make and, it work. And even maybe rather than that, like reporter in the field, um, kind of extra episode or something like that. If you have some time, or like so, yeah, just uh, and record yeah, some tastes exactly, and, and, yeah. and find some sort of interesting voices to to chat to while you're out there for a little bit as well. Um, yeah. Like Mark, my uh, my my friend who who works at Wild Rose, yes, and I've yeah. we've had tanked up episodes with. Uh, I I hope to 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 check in with him, and we might have a you know a thirty minute bonus app with Mark, yeah, etc. Yeah, completely, we'll see. Uh, I've done no planning, but I plan to do something. <laughs> Perfect. And as Lucy says in the chat, of course we will miss you uh, for the next few weeks. So, as you said, they'll disappear pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but yes, for the next few weeks, it will be Lucy and I, and possibly some some guests uh, to to fill in that little gap as well. Um, but tonight, that's us. That's everything that we have done. If you'd like to get us in all the usual spaces, you can do so at Out of Lives Net almost everywhere. If you're watching us on Twitch, thank you very much feel free to subscribe to us because, you know, why not chat to us in the chat? Or if you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe and do all of the things that you do over there. If you're on your podcast service of choice, we would very much appreciate any kind of review you can give us. If you want to talk to all of us on Twitter, we are out of lives net. I'm at Nova underscore 47. Adult, you are? At the Omniarch. And Lucy, if you want to chat to her, is Juicy Loose 9 as well. If you want to talk to us about any of the games that you've been playing or any of the beers that you've been drinking, you can come and join us in our Discord as well, which you can shoot any of us a message and we will send you a link to, or I think it's probably posted somewhere on the Art of Lives uh, Twitter. Or if you're watching us on Twitch, scroll down a little bit and you'll find a link to it there as well. Including in the chat perfect uh, that's everything that's everywhere we are that's all we've been doing that's all we've been drinking that is us for this week we've been tanked up goodbye bye www.outoflives.net